Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these links with your friends and family, thank you so much for that. We hope it's very helpful. And for those of you that continue to give, thank you so much for your generosity. We're going to have our next food pantry on November the 4th. That's a Thursday, November the 4th. And so when you continue to give and you continue to be generous, that allows us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. We expect to feed about 1,000 people that day. And so your generosity goes a long way. Thank you so much for that. If we were to define the word monster, it'd probably sound something like this, something large, something terrifying, something intimidating, something powerful, and something cruel. And so many times we use this word monster as a description, this battle that I'm facing, this emotion that I'm dealing with, this mountain that I'm climbing, this giant that I'm facing, this struggle, this temptation, this circumstance, this storm, this battle in my life is big and strong and powerful like a monster. And so today we continue with our current series entitled Monsters, and the purpose of this series is to get you and I to face and to deal with those things in our life that always hold us back and they always chase us down. Monsters that keep defeating you and I, pushing you and I around, haunting you and I, chasing you and I, and pursuing you and I. And the purpose of this study is to get you and I to face them and to deal with them and to take ownership in our life over them. Now, one of the most important and life-changing lessons that I have ever learned in my faith in my life, in my relationship with Jesus Christ, and in my walk with God was this, and notice this question this morning. When it comes to my life-changing and personal growth, does God do it all, or do I have a part to play in it also? I've been around Christians my entire life. I've been in church culture my entire life, and I've heard so many people, different people, talk about their experiences with God and talk about their relationship with God. And something that I've heard in churches my entire life was this. I've heard so many people say that God has completely changed my life. I didn't do it. I didn't have anything to do with it. That's why I believe in God, because I know it was all God. I couldn't change myself. God has completely changed my life. And I understand what people mean when they say that, but growing up, it always gave me an impression that if there was a part of my life or a side of my life that still needed to change, if there was a part of my life that I was still struggling with or struggling in, then I needed to get close enough to Jesus to let him do it because I just couldn't do it myself and I just couldn't change myself. And if there was a side of my life that was not changing, that that simply meant that I just needed to get closer to God because I wasn't close enough to God and that's why this area in my life needs to change and I can't do it myself because only God can change your life. And so I would try. I would pray more and I would meditate more and I would study more and I would worship more, but I would still deeply struggle in certain areas of my life. I would still deeply struggle with my patience and with my emotions and with my relationships and with my anger and with my failures and with my past like many of you. And then I remember meditating on these verses one day in Colossians chapter 3, and it just hit me. And I want you to notice how the apostle puts it in this passage. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. But now is the time, notice this, to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and harmful language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off, you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Now, notice a few things here that it's talking about. Anger, rage, 
malicious behavior. That's when you're, that's when you are purposely trying to hurt someone else. Slander, hurtful words and lies. This is a side of us that not only hurts you and I, but it also hurts the other people in our life. And something that I've always tried to get people to understand, the reason why God put on flesh and came to this earth as Jesus Christ wasn't just to get us to die and go to heaven one day. He also came so he could teach us how to properly relate to other people because other people have dreams and hopes and futures and they have struggles and they have fears. They have real hearts and real souls. And so Jesus came to teach us how to properly love other people and how to properly relate to other people so we don't continue breaking other people's hearts and hurting them. So when he talks about our old self and our old nature being full of anger, well, that hurts other people. Rage, malicious behavior, slander, that hurts other people. Hurtful words and lies, that hurts other people. And as followers of Jesus Christ, one of the reasons that we want to follow him is because we want him to change those areas in our life. We want to grow in those areas in our life where we have hurt other people. But does Paul say right here that God strips off our old self and God puts on our new self for us? That's not what he said at all. In this passage, we see what God does, but we also see our responsibility. God actually calls you and I to take off our old self daily and to put on our new self daily. When we follow Jesus, it's God who puts those new desires in our heart. If you find yourself with new desires for love and compassion and empathy and understanding and patience and grace and forgiveness, self-control, being honest, having integrity, all of those good desires come from God. To know God and to make God known, that comes from God. But our old life is still there. And it's always a part of us, and it's always, always calling out to us, trying to get us to follow our old self. And so it's our calling to daily strip off our old ways. It's my responsibility to take off my anger every single day. It's my responsibility to take off my lack of self-control every single day. It's my responsibility to take off my selfishness and to take off my pride and to take off my impatience every single day. God said it was my responsibility. And so today we continue to look at Jesus on top of the devil's mountain. And in this series, we've been looking at one question, and this is what it is. And notice this, if you're still with me today, Sam, still with you. What would happen to my life and what would your life look like if we took full responsibility for that side of us that keeps holding us back? Now, everyone listening right now has a side of you that you consider to be the best part of you. It's the side of you that you really want other people to see. This is the best side of me. It's the side of you that forgives. It's the side of you that gives second chances. It's the side of you that is kind and patient and loving. It's the side of you that is honest and dedicated and faithful and Christ-like and hardworking. It's the side of you that has endurance and perseverance and resolve. And this side of you is real. It's genuine. It's the side of you that wants to do good and does do good for people. This side of you is not fake. This side of you is who you are, and this side of you is equally a part of who you are. You would say, this is the best side of me. We can all call this the new side of you. And this new side of you is equally, equally a part of you, just like your old side is equally a part of you. The other side of you that you do not want people to see. <laughs> so there's the best side of you that you would love for people to see, and then there's the other side of you, the old side of you, that you really don't want people to see. And you don't want people to see that side of you because that's the side of you that you're always trying to change, and you will make changes in your life. But it's the side of you that you have to apologize for all the time. 
It's the side of you that creates unnecessary tension with other people. It's the side of you that's negative and irresponsible. It's the side of you that's short-tempered and selfish. It's the side of you that hurts others. It's the side of you that keeps living in guilt and discouragement. We would consider this to be the worst part of us But you have to understand that this old part of us is equally a part of us. This is equally who you are. This old side of you that you wish you could change is not the only side of you. Now, I want you to catch this. I hope you brought your tater patches this morning because I'm about to mess in them. This is not the only side of you. This is not the true side of you. This is not who you really are. This is not the side of you that shows your true colors. No, this is a side of you that holds you back, but just that, it's just the other side of you. And just like this side of you is a part of who you are and equally a part of who you are, the good new side of you is also equally a part of who you are. So again, what would happen to your life if you took full responsibility for this old side of you? How would your life change if you worked hard every single day to not make excuses anymore for your anger or for your jealousy or for your selfishness or for your dishonesty or for your lack of self-control? What would your life look like if you stopped building a case to justify the worst parts of you? Well, this is what would happen. Your life would simply become more peaceful and it would transform in ways that you never thought it could. Have you ever thought this or, or said this about someone else or maybe someone has said this about you and This is what I want you to really recognize today. Notice this. Oh, they're just showing their true colors. You ever said that about somebody or someone ever said that about someone that you know or love? Oh, I see now. They're just showing their true colors. Now, when we say this about someone, what do we mean? This is what we mean when we say that someone else is just showing their true colors. And if you think about it, it's really an awful thing for anyone to say about anyone. Because this is what we really mean. The reason why it's an awful thing is because this is what we imply. When we say that about people who most of the time, most of the time they try to have character, most of the time they try to be honest, they try to be self-controlled, they try to be loving and empathetic, and they always try to do the, the next right thing, and this is who they try to be most of the time. But when they have a moment of anger or when they have a moment of failure, when they have a moment of regret, when they have a moment of shame, that's when we say, oh, well, their true colors are coming out now. Most of the time they're good. Most of the time they're loving. Most of the time they have character. Most of the time they have integrity. But then when they have a moment, and most of the time a public moment of failure, that's when everybody stands up and says, oh, well, we see their true colors now, as if to say, that's who they really are. That's who they are. Again, as if to say, all of those good qualities and good parts of that person was all just an act. And when they have this one moment of failure, then we say, that's their true colors, that's who they really are. This moment of regret, and we say, that's who they really are. And when we say that about people, especially anyone who's trying to follow Jesus, then we give people the impression that if they're not perfect 24-7, then God doesn't want them. And the sad thing is this, actually a couple things. The first thing is this, if you're still with me, I'm still with you. We only say that when someone else's mistake or failure goes public. When a group of people find out about someone's failure, we never say that about our own self because we've gotten real good at hiding those parts of us. But we only say that when someone else's failure goes public. We never say when we mess up privately, hey, y'all, my true colors came out because we hide it. But if we find out about someone else's failure and it's kind of public, then that's when we say, oh, well, that's who they really are. Number two, we usually never say that. Now, this is so key. We usually never say that when someone does the right thing or a good thing. 
When an angry person decides to forgive, when an addict decides to go to rehab, when a selfish person decides to serve someone else, when someone who lied finally decides to tell the truth, we don't come back and say, well, they're just showing their true colors now. We don't ever do that, do we? What we say when when an addict has a relapse, when an addict has a relapse, that's when we say, well, that's who they really are. Well, how come when they went to rehab, we didn't say, well, maybe they're showing their true colors now. You see how hypocritical we are. We only say it about the negative and we never say it about the positive and both parts are equally who we are. Something else in light of that is also important to understand and this is what it is. Remember this today. There's not the real you and the fake you. There is literally two different sides to you. The Bible calls this your old self and your new self. We talk about people like they have this fake side of them and this fake side of them is the one that tries to do good and love people and serve people and love Jesus and follow Jesus. But the real them, their true colors is those times when they mess up and that's such hogwash and it's such a lie. Understand those small moments of guilt and regret do not make all the other changes and and growth and good things in your life to be erased. It doesn't make those things fake at all. They're all equally a part of who you are because we're all broken, messed up people. No, it just means that every now and then your new self loses the battle to your old self. There's literally two different sides to all of us, our new self and our old self. Some days our new self wins the battle. Some days our old self wins the battle. And when it does, it's our responsibility to make sure that we face it and we own it. We face it and we own it. But when we do have those times and moments when our old self wins, when our old self resurfaces, when our old self causes you and I to fail, what do we do then? Now, again, in Matthew chapter four, we find Jesus in the desert and he's in the wilderness and he's fasting and praying and he's hungry and he's weak. And in verses one through 10, he's facing some very intense and strong temptation. His pride is being tempted. His patience is being tempted. His character is being tempted. His faith is being tempted. And every time Jesus faced a strong temptation, he would counterattack with the word of God because he was fighting back and he was taking full responsibility. And then notice what verse 11 says in Matthew chapter four, Matthew four, verse 11. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, this is how Matthew's gospel records the end of this scene. But notice how the gospel of Luke finishes this same scene. Luke chapter four, verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. In Matthew chapter four, verse 11, when it says that the angels came to take care of him in the original, it literally means that they fed him and they nourished him back to strength. And this is a picture of grace because God knows that anytime you and I face these strong battles in the wilderness of our life, these strong temptations in the deserts of our life, that God always has to offer us grace because he loves us and he knows that we need it. And then in Luke chapter four, verse 13, it tells us why God gave Jesus grace. And this is why, because after he fought hard to resist him temptation, after he he fought hard to resist this battle and this struggle. Then the temptations left him alone. Then the battles left him alone. Then the struggles left him alone. But the reason he needed grace is because it said it only left him alone until the next opportunity came back, which means the struggles always come back. The giants always come back. The battles always come back. The feelings always come back. The temptations always come back. And so you need grace and God knows that. They will leave you for a season, but they will always return. Now let's make this personal today. 
There's two very real sides to your life. There's the old you. This is the part of you that always holds you back. It always holds you back from peace and hope and life and joy and change. This is the side of you that you wish you could change. And then there's the new you. This is the part of you that tries. This is the part of you that loves. This is the part of you that forgives. This is the part of you that serves. This is the part of you that follows Jesus. This is the part of you that is honest and grows. This is a part of you that you allow people to see because this is the best part of you. And this is a part of who you really are just like your old self is who you really are. So when you have moments of goodness, that's not you being fake. And when you have moments of failure, that's not you showing your true colors. All of those parts are equally who you are. That's just you being you. And it's our responsibility when our old self wins to face it and to own it, which leads us to our last question. This is what it is. If you're still with me, I'm still with you. What do I do if I lose the battle to my old self every now and then? I call this the battle of trying to be perfect and not giving yourself room to grow. The battle didn't leave Jesus forever. It came back, and it's going to come back to face you too. And as much as we want to be, you will never be completely strong and free and perfect. There will be times when your new self loses to your old self, and if your old self shows up every now and then and wins, it's very important that you give yourself some grace You face why this happened. You take responsibility and ownership over why it happened. And then you deal with it and you take a different path in your life. God has grace for you because God loves you and God knows that you need it. And so give yourself some grace if your old self reemerges every now and then and wins that battle. The last observation I want you to understand is this. Faith is being faithful and being faithful requires resolve and longevity. Faith is faithfulness. Faithfulness is when you give your entire life, the rest of your life to Jesus. If you want to hold on to Jesus for the rest of your life, give yourself some grace because there will be seasons when the new you emerges and is strong. That's not you being fake. But there will also be seasons when the old you emerges and it'll be stronger than the new you and you're going to have moments of failure. That's not you showing your true colors. That's just you living on this journey following Jesus. So give yourself some grace. And if you fall tomorrow, take ownership over it. Ask yourself why. Figure out why. Deal with it. Give that air of your life to Jesus. Let him change it. Get up and keep going. I hope this has helped you out today. We love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you back next week.